Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! More details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs> You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome to the Oz Network for a new spoiler-free movie review of Champions, the not-Emilio Estevez one, uh, the Woody Harrelson one, 2023 Woody Harrelson one that is basketball and not hockey for anybody in Australia that's confused. Why we're talking about a 30-year-old Emilio Estevez movie, we're not. We're talking about a three-hour-old Woody Harrelson movie and what I'm very excited to talk about because it was filmed here in our hometown and not just my hometown but somebody else's hometown who's on this episode here uh, and uh, we get to talk about Woody Harrelson. That's more important than our hometown or basketball or anything else. My name is Colin and I'm still catching farts if that's what you mean. My name is Jamie and we're going to Winnipeg. Yes, we are still here. Winnipeg. We're not going anywhere. We're in Winnipeg. Hey, don't uh, tell people where I live. <laughs> it's a big city. <laughs> They'd have to knock on uh, a couple hundred thousand doors before they eventually get to ours. And then... Uh, I know I'm hot. I don't want no creeps trying to follow me. Well, <laughs> we got children to fend them off. Children that almost could have been in this movie had they been 10 years older. Uh, which one of the things we'll talk about. But this is a movie that we are excited about for multiple reasons. One, we just got back from seeing it. Uh, two, it was filmed here in our hometown, Winnipeg. Uh, three, what we didn't even realize is that the entire final act of this movie actually takes place in our hometown. Uh, we just thought it was subbing in for Iowa Iowa for most of the film. Uh, what are we at now? Four? Four, it's about basketball, and it's a sports movie. And five, it's Woody Harrelson, a.k.a. one of the greatest men to ever live. Um, and it's a very good feel-good movie. And it's a feel-good movie. And it's 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 a borderline family-friendly feel-good movie. But uh, I was so excited for this movie. I was so excited for this movie when I first found out that Woody Harrelson was filming here. Didn't even matter what the movie was. I'm like, where can I stalk him? Tell me where he is. I'm going to go stalk this man. Um, but uh, ultimately, I didn't get to. Just like when Liam Neeson was here a year or two ago, I didn't get to stalk him. I can just admire that he's standing in spots that I have stood in and can stand in again. Um, but then when I heard it was going to be a sports movie, I'm like, great sports movies are always good. Remember the Titans and miracle and mighty ducks, cool runnings, whatever. Uh, and then when I saw the trailer, I'm like, well, it actually looks pretty good. Um, it looked hilarious. It looked hilarious. And I mean, and it, you gotta see anything that Woody's in. Yeah. I, I, I literally will watch anything that Woody Harrelson's in. Um, but, uh, I didn't re really have expectations that this was going to be like the greatest sports movie ever. And in all honesty, it's not, um, it is exactly what you expect from the trailers, exactly what you expect from any sports film. Um, it has the twist on there that they're, you're dealing with. I'm not, I'm not going to call them disabled. I'm going to call them, um, special Olympic athletes, uh, because this movie doesn't really downplay or anything. 
Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. I, I actually really like this movie. As formulaic and predictable as it is, I really like this movie. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with Woody. Yeah, honestly, he's just such a great actor. Um, and, and he's just... I don't know. He he's so good at doing anything. Like I mean, for for acting roles, he I was really surprised at how much of a jerk he was able to act like in this movie at the beginning, and then you kind of learn to love him because anything that I've seen him in before, he's just he's so charming, mm-hmm. you know. Well, he's charming no matter what. Like that's the thing. He is like super charismatic. This yeah. guy's just born with charisma. Um, he and- he came out dancing. He he came out dancing. Was there the dance sequence in this movie I missed? No, I'm talking about from the womb. Oh, from the womb. Yeah, he was singing and dancing and playing chess and he was tap dancing. Yeah, you know, dunking basketballs. I mean, I'll I'll just say Woody Harrelson all the way back. I guess Cheers as a kid watching it. I mean, he was hilarious, and I think especially for kids watching, he was the childlike character on that show. Yeah. He was the innocent, dumb, naive guy who was just funny and wholesome and and exactly what most kids are. Uh, So I knew him from that, but it's not like if it had just been him on Cheers, I would have instantly, you know, uh, been obsessed with this man. But when I was uh, 10 or 11 years old, his first big starring role, White Man Can't Jump came out, which we covered here for anniversary month. I think the first year we did anniversary movies. And uh, that's not the type of movie. We just rewatched it last night uh, on our projector because I insisted we had to watch our projector, but that made my top five when we did our favorite films of all time a couple of years ago, top five movies of all time for me. And I love that movie so much that Woody Harrelson doing anything to do with basketball. I'm like, Okay, he's going to be on the sidelines, but maybe he'll dribble a ball at one point during this movie. Maybe he's going to pass the ball to somebody. And every time he did that, I was just giddy. I'm like, oh, Billy Hoyle. Not Woody Harrelson. He's Billy Hoyle once he's got a basketball. Billy Hoyle's playing basketball again. It's so exciting for me. Um, but, I mean, as far as, let's, before we even get everything else, as far as just a sports movie goes, like, let's just be honest here. This is maybe the most formulaic sports film ever made. Like, it is beyond predictable. There, There is... No real conflict or drama in this movie, which is another thing I'll kind of touch on later. But like most sports movie, it kind of works. Like it, it's it's an underdog story. You know, it's an underdog story that that follows every single beat and every single note that you expect from these types of movies. But it still works. And it would be hard to screw a genre like this up. You know, I think that's one of the main things. If you're going into this movie, don't expect it to be anything more than what a typical sports movie is and don't expect to be much more from what's in the trailers. That's not to say there's not great stuff that's not in the trailers, but I mean, there's no moment in this movie that's really going to surprise you. I mean, I'm right about that, right? Yeah, no, I I definitely think so too as well. Like that's the thing. I mean, for this movie, I don't think that it's probably going to surprise you with any amazing script per se, you know, like it's a masterpiece for how it's written, that type of thing. Um, but it's such a good, it's such a good feel good movie. Like you're, you're not even going to care about that. Is it, is it going to win an award for movie of the year? I mean, probably not, but honestly, like it's one that like we have to own. Well, here, here's the funny thing though. This movie is directed by Bobby Fairley. Okay. Now you, you're familiar with who the Fairley brothers are? No. You, man, you're supposed to be on a movie and film prod. TV podcast here. You don't know the Fairley, Fairley brothers. You know, you're the one that's the movie buff. You don't have to be movie buff to know the Fairley Brothers. They made Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, There's Something About Mary, okay. Shallow Hal. I mean, 
every comment, me, me, myself, and Irene. You know, not everybody who watches movies stays to watch every single name on the end credits. But I'm telling you right now that the majority of people, if you say the Fairly Brothers, would be like, oh, the Dumb and Dumber Kingpin, there's something about Mary. No, but they are names that sell films. Even when you were talking about like the Matrix and stuff like that, you were talking about like the, the people that made those movies and you're telling me stories and things like that. I did, I couldn't have told you who made those well, movies. Well, and I'm telling you right now, the, the Farrelly brothers are probably a bigger selling feature than the Wachowski brothers. I mean, they really are a big deal as as a duo, and they did so many of the most like outlandish comedies over the years. And it was a couple of years ago they decided they were going to stop making movies together, and they're going to go off and each do their own thing. Now, Peter Farrelly directed a movie called Green Book a couple of years ago that won Best Picture. One of the Fairley brothers did his first film on his own and it won Best Picture. This is the other brother, Bobby Fairley, doing his first stab at a solo film. And it kind of is, I guess, a cross between your typical Fairley brothers movie because it has a lot of those quirky characters, a lot of real characters. Like one of the things that um, is very endearing about the Fairley brothers is they will cast authentic people. If they're going to some small town or they're, they're filming a lot of stuff in Maine, right? Um, Stuck on you, a good example. Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear are playing conjoined twins in that movie. Everybody else in that movie are literally just locals, you know? I've, and I've never heard of that movie, but the, oh, it's a great the, movie. But the write-up that you just explained sounds <laughs> it very sells it, doesn't it? Yeah. But, but like, there's something about Mary, you know, they're casting a lot of real authentic people. I mean, dumb and dumber, everything. They're really all about that. So that kind of has the Fairly Brothers touch, but then this has a little bit more, okay, we're going to do a little bit more of a serious movie. It's a drama and a comedy. You know, it, this isn't quite the Oscar bait the Green Book is. It's not going to win an Oscar. It is, if you did not have a Fairly Brother directing this movie, if you did not have Woody Harrelson starring in this movie, this is straight to video. I mean, it is, it is not an extraordinary script like you said. Yeah. But you have the right people involved in the movie. And... I think the important thing about having Bobby Fairley in this movie, and especially if you know any Fairley Brothers movies like Stuck on You, There's Something About Mary or uh, Shallow How or anything else like that, uh, it's the authenticity that he brings to the 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 kids in this movie. They're, they're not oh, kids. Yeah. They're, they're young adults. But yeah. the team in this, like, which I guess our personal connection to this is, I mean, we, we mentioned on the podcast before, we have three boys all on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And... Uh, I already knew this movie was filming here and it was not long after the movie was announced, Woody Harrelson's going to be filming a movie here. We got an email from uh, a foundation here in Manitoba called St. Amont, which, you know, all, all three of our kids are in programs for and everything. And it was basically a casting call. We're looking for, you know, uh, uh, people with autism or any other type of disability, which I really hate to use that term, you know, but because... It, 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 there's there's certain aspects where you could say okay disability, but then other aspects as this movie it demonstrates that it's gifts, not gifts. Gifts, yeah. yeah. Um, but we're looking for people on the spectrum or whatever uh, for an upcoming film called Champions. And I'm like that's the Woody Harrelson movie, and like we are looking for athletic young people. And I'm like that's Casper. <laughs> yeah. I have a six year old who can run a kilometer in six minutes. Oh, he's I mean, crazy. It, it, he is extremely athletic. Yeah. And it says between the ages of 16 and 30. And I'm like, Oh, another 10 years. And he would have been in. Uh, but I, I mean, I kind of knew that they were going for Let's get real local people. Let's cast real people. And, um, this movie is very authentic. And I'm sure there's going to be critics out there who maybe don't know any better. They know one or two people where they're going to say, oh, this movie's playing on stereotypes. It is 100% not playing on stereotypes. Yeah. These kids, I'm going to call them kids in this, even though they're, I guess, majority of them are like 18 to 25 or whatever, but they are 
just regular people. Yeah. You know, they, they are trash talking. 100%. They are at times talking about inappropriate things, which yep. is slightly funnier because there is an innocence about them. But it's like, this is the way they are. I mean, grown adults, young kids, whatever. They are just completely normal. And it's not actually the fact that this is a local film or that Woody Harrelson's in it. That's the thing that I actually walked away from appreciating more. So, I mean, you know, disclaimer for my review on the end of this. I mean, kind of a personal connection, just sort of understanding a lot of these characters in the movie, you know, the, the real special Olympians in this film and realizing, OK, this is basically our kids in 10, 20 years, uh, or at least some of them. Like it gave, it gave me a little bit more of a personal connection to the movie that I enjoyed more. Well, and I, I think part of it, too, that you'll probably agree with me is anybody that is around um, just specifically talking about people on the spectrum, right? So like if you have family members, like obviously we have our three little boys and I have more people in my family as well. But um, or if you've watched a number of shows uh, like Love on the Spectrum, you know, mm -hmm. pe people where you can see clearly the difference, you know, when somebody's on the spectrum, things are just a little bit different. It's it makes it more funny I think in my eyes when I when I see these things that people are saying you know the kids in the movie or young adults in the movie that I'm talking about when they're just saying these things that are like so inappropriate and out there because that that actually is something that's so common with people on the spectrum yeah like coach did it give oh, you a hard on like it's just it's so funny because it's just it, it reminds me so much of of everything that i've obviously experienced with with our boys i mean they're not at the age where they talk about stuff like that obviously yeah. right but it's just it it's just a couple more years uh, around you they probably will but okay <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i am who i am i can't help that um but you know it's 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 so fun honestly but it's it's hard like you're saying you know I just wanted to kind of throw in like um, when you're mentioning like you, you don't want to say the word disability. And I think that's such a hard thing, you know, to, to always know the right word to say, because like, for example, even in like in the autism community uh, or, or people that are kind of in similar uh, type of boats that way, like, you know, ADHD or things like that, they, they like to use the term neurotypical, yeah. uh, which which is a, a good term. But that would be a hard term to put everybody in that box, because obviously, you know, some people it might be like a physical type of impairment or disability type of thing. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's hard because it's like you always want to say the right thing. Well, and like and be respectful. This, this movie is covering, I guess, a lot of different types of it, there, there's not all in one box here you know yeah. oh yeah you have a couple of characters in this movie that have down syndrome yeah uh which is a genetic thing yeah you have at least one character in this movie that his disability you know um is essentially from an accident yeah so yeah. it is caused through stuff that happened in his life and then you have several characters that they don't even label in this film but yeah we know okay these are the autistic characters yeah. and again they cast real people who have these disabilities if you want to call it that which very weird comparison. And this seems to be the movie that I'm knocking a lot in the last couple of weeks, but uh, the movie that won the Academy Award for Best Picture last year, Coda, um, that was a movie that was considered groundbreaking because it was about the deaf community and they cast all deaf actors. And great, that's admirable. But as I mentioned in a lot of our Oscar reviews, and uh, I'll mention it again here now because I feel like this movie is similar to it. Um, it Coda is a very formulaic film. I mean, it is so formulaic that I was watching it be like, okay, I'm not looking at this movie as 
wow, groundbreaking, so many deaf actors and stuff like that. And it, yes, you're seeing things with like a deaf community that the average person isn't necessarily familiar with, but the storyline itself is the most predictable thing you've ever seen is formulaic. It was basically something straight out of the mid to late nineties that was corny uh, at times. And I appreciate the movie. I think that Coda is probably a better made film than Champions, but Champions is essentially the same thing. It is it is paint by numbers, completely by the book, nothing uh, unexpected at all in the story. But you're seeing you know a group of uh, a real people playing these characters that are kind of like themselves. And it's funny because some of the reviews I'm reading are being like, oh, they're not necessarily coming around and saying it's like, oh, this movie is being negative towards these. Like obviously some other movies they want to accuse anything of being negative unless you could have the most perfect characters ever. You can't display any t type of minority <laughs> in, in a, a non-positive way. Uh, but these kids, if you want to call them that, I just did some quick searches on these real kids, which most of them are like very little acting experience. Some of them no acting experience at all. And their personalities are what we get in this movie, you oh, know? They're, the, they're so endearing. But, like, th there's there's a couple of... I mean, a lot of the actors are Canadian. Some of the ones with the larger roles were obviously cast before they got here to Winnipeg. So, like, the the, the main kid, Johnny, and uh, the, the, the girl, uh, Constantino or whatever. Uh, you know, they are actors who are cast. But then you have some, like... Um, there, there's the one kid who has the hair dye and plays in a band and everything, right? Yeah. And I look it up, I'm like... This kid graduated from high school here in Winnipeg the year before this movie was filmed, right? Like, he's still here, and he legitimately is a local athlete who plays music, you know? Like, they, they incorporated, cool. so they, they incorporated they their real personality. Yeah. The girl, Constantina or whatever, you just look up a couple of videos that she's made, and, like, she is this character. You know, they brought a lot of themselves to it. So yeah. you're not going to get the most brilliant acting out of them, but, like, they're being themselves, and I think that's what works with this movie. The movie also... It, one thing that kind of works against it, works for it in an admirable way, but works against it, is that there is so little conflict in this movie because they don't want to, I guess, go the route of making anything name. Like Woody Harrelson has one or two moments at the beginning of the movie where it's not like he's like, I got to coach a bunch of, you know, uh, disabled kids. Like he uses the inappropriate term in a very delicate way. But then from the moment he meets these kids, it's not always like, wow, I was wrong. You guys are great. Like he just goes in there and treats them normally. Yeah. And I mean... I love that for a movie like this to be like, yeah, these people are just completely normal, but it provided for very little conflict in this movie because anytime any drama comes up, including, I guess, the 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 stereotypical moment you're going to get in any sports film where it's like, oh, this person's going to move on to something bigger and better and it's like, why are you abandoning us? You know, that is so stripped of drama because you don't want to portray even... like It's like they didn't want to go so far as to have even these kids or young adults be like that's not fair we need you you know they just sort of gloss over those things which when i'm watching the movie i kind of appreciate it but then i'm like but i, I don't i'm not on the edge of my seat wondering what's going to happen you know yeah you you kind of kind of figure it out yeah uh there there was that one part uh in the movie though where you know you're talking about how he used that inappropriate word which yeah. I, I will not even say it because i starts with an r yeah, yeah. people have seen in the trailer i, I guess. hate the word so much i will not say it yeah. uh but later on in the movie uh somebody's talking to him and it's in reference to the the team yeah. the kids that he's coaching and uses that word and he i i don't know if he punches them in the balls or in the stomach or yeah. whatever but he's like you know that's a boo-boo word like you don't yeah. you don't say that word right but but like even that like this is kind of what i'm saying even that guy 
they have him being very delicate about it, which again, is it's more realistic because most people are not going to be what you see in films. Is like, you know, get those uh, loser kids out of here. Like that's, that's too over the top. Like this yeah. is more realistic the way most people, most people, even if they were kind of prejudiced or whatever, they would still or, or be like, ignorant, yeah. or ignorant. They would still be like, you know, those kids are just a bunch of, you know what? Right. Yeah. But, but showing it in a movie, it's like, it's realistic. But again, there was no conflict. Like it, it, it stripped the movie of a little bit of the conflict. But again, as somebody who's a parent of kids like this, I understand it. Another thing I really appreciate just going on the the characters and I guess the representation of you know, autistic or people with Down syndrome or whatever is they don't say, hey, these kids struggle with anything else. They're obviously struggling to play basketball. They all have individual things. Like There's one kid who it's just his personality is like, no, I'm not going to shoot the ball forwards. I'll always shoot it backwards. Yeah. And, and you know, this is this is, you know, something that we can identify with. We we have autistic kids. It's like, oh, this is the way you play basketball. Forget that. This is the way I play basketball. Like Casper, he will, like I said, legitimately six years old can run a kilometer in six minutes in his socks outdoors. Yep. But you try to get him to play catch with you. And he's like, no, I'm going to throw this thing and bounce it off everything I can in the room. I don't want to play catch with you. Right. And I can identify with stuff like that. You oh, know, yeah. that's, but then they also go as far as to have, uh, you know, an explanation of, oh, let me introduce you to the team. This guy here, he works a job. He's, he's very good at his job. This guy works another job. This guy basically knows everything under the sun. This guy, you know, uh, does six thousand different things and then you realize like wow they struggle with basketball but they're not struggling and everything else and i mean again you know we, we have kids who are going to be there one day but like you know casper can pick a lock without ever having been taught how to pick a lock it's like but maybe he can't play basketball but he can do this other thing you well, know and you see like all of all of our kids are different right like and they're all they're all special in their own way um our our oldest it's it's interesting you know with him because he struggles a lot socially uh but he's so bright he's so intelligent this is a kid that scary <laughs> you know by by two years old he was spelling eight letter words he taught himself how to read we Col literally never even Co taught colin him. and i can't take credit for we, it we've never even taught him c-a-t cat like yeah. he just figured out himself and he didn't figure out c-a-t cat the first thing he ever spelt was tom and jerry yeah and he just pointed at it he goes tom and jerry and i'm like yeah, how did you learn that? <laughs> but he would even he would know how to read though and how to even sound out the words, right? But he, he was doing the alphabet backwards and upside oh, yeah. down when he was three years old. Oh yeah, but and like the thing is, is he's been an escape artist ever since he could walk. That's still a problem, um, which you know I would laugh, but it's not funny. It's very scary. But um, this is also the type of kid though where he can do so many things like that, but yet something as simple as making a friend. Or and having a conversation, like answering, answer, the question, answering how questions. How was your day today? What oh, did you do at school? Mostly open-ended questions, right? Yeah. If you do like a question with two or three choices, that's a lot easier for him. If you do an open-ended question, like, you know, what's your favorite food? That's a really big question. Mm -hmm. Not for most people, but for him it is. Or even something like, you know, making a friend, knowing how to start conversations, have conversations, really relate to people. The th type of things that, you know, we all take for granted that, you know, as somebody who you know, is just neurotypical and not neurodiverse, how it's so easy for us, it's much harder for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what this movie shows. I mean, just because they struggle and, and they don't all struggle in basketball. Like that's the thing They they introduce one character in this movie who 
immediately is like this this kid should be playing in the nba but meanwhile he refuses to play and again that's just another thing where you're like you know that that would be one of our kids one day they're like oh i'm the best person in the world at this yeah but i don't feel like doing it you know um obviously there there's him but then there's other characters when they're playing games like this kid's good you know and then there's others who are absolutely terrible but they're also showing yeah there's things that they are incredible at but you don't really ever have anybody in this movie being like wow i would like woody harrelson never have a moment where he's like wow you know i was wrong about you guys you know which again it's that, admirable that's self-reflection yeah you, but yeah. but again like and this is where i'm kind of torn on it because it's like i hate when movies get so predictable and corny like that yeah. but at the same time does it add at least a little bit of drama? And this movie does lack drama and conflict that it needs. A, a couple of things I want to, we, obviously, you know, uh, obviously we have the personal connection, you know, with some of these characters we identify with, but um, the fact that this filmed here in Winnipeg, like, it was the weirdest thing in the world for me because you know, even from the trailers, this movie takes place in Iowa. And then all of a sudden they drop a bombshell like halfway through the movie where it's like, now if we do well enough, we could play at the the regional championships in Winnipeg. And, and you could hear everybody in the theater in Winnipeg be like, ah! Giggling, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, because people are, here are seeing this knowing it's filmed in Winnipeg. But yeah, but total inaccuracy. Now this movie, very accurate with the characters it's portraying, people with autism, people with Down syndrome. The most inaccurate thing I have ever seen is that this movie takes place in Iowa in the winter leading into spring it is winter in iowa and then it is spring in iowa and then they come to winnipeg and it is the dead of winter now i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up right now like basically we have had we are recording this on march the 10th uh we have had snow melting all week it's all puddles our kids were playing in puddles uh today so so it is not that cold and i'm looking on the weather network right now and Des Moines, Iowa is actually, we're going to say Celsius, one, two degrees warmer than us right now. So, um, yeah, bit of an inaccuracy that it's going to be the dead of winter in Winnipeg while it is springtime in Iowa. But, uh, I mean, still, it was fun to see that Winnipeg was part of this. I mean, they film at the University of Winnipeg here at the end. It's taking place at the University of Winnipeg. Uh, they're not making Winnipeg jokes. It's not like the Simpsons back to Winnipeg, but, like, I saw you doing the same thing I was doing. And this is not the first movie to film Winnipeg. Not even the first one in the last couple of months. I mean, Violent Night filmed here. Uh, the, the David Harbour Killer Santa movie. Um, what was that other one? Uh, the Liam Neeson one, Ice Road, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. You know, there's, and every single Hallmark movie ever made is filmed here. But I saw you doing the same thing I was doing. It's like every time a new scene would come up, you, I could look at Jamie and she's basically looking to the right or left. She's looking at oh, yeah, the background. I'm, I'm, I'm like, scanning everything. Where are they? And I mean, I found instantly we can pinpoint some locations. Like the beginning, the opening scene of this movie before Woody Harrelson gets fired from his real job is like, I guess the minor league basketball team, but it is played in an arena and you see Iowa banners everywhere, like the Iowa whatever. And then you, we look up and we see it above the scoreboard, the Canada Life Center. I mean, filmed in our arena here. Which got me excited because very soon, thank you to St. Amont, the same company who set up a lot of the extras in this movie, we are going to be taking part in a very important uh, uh, ceremonial puck drop at a hockey game. Like We personally will be doing it. And what did I tell you when we saw Woody Harrelson standing on the Canada Life Center floor? That we are going to be standing there. We're going to be standing in Woody Harrelson's footsteps. Um, there's a restaurant that features several times this movie. I'm looking in the background. I'm like, I know where that is. I look it up. I'm like, guess where we're going to eat, Jamie. Yeah, um, we, we've never been there. The main gym in this movie, which, uh, um, 
is where they train, I guess, and play their home games. Uh, again, I could pinpoint the location, but I'm like, I don't know what community center this is. Found out it's actually a church, which it's funny. When I looked at the location of this, I'm like, wow, like this is like, don't go there during broad daylight. This is one of these don't go there after dark. This is don't go there during broad daylight. But when Woody Harrelson was filming here, he was like in love with this particular neighborhood called Point Douglas here, which is like, and I'm not knocking everything about Point Douglas, but like it is definitely... It's a little bit of a rougher area. You go, I mean, the area they're filming actually, believe it or not, looks nicer than it does in the movie. So maybe it's one or two blocks in the right direction. But like, I there's somebody I work with who had to work for a couple of days within a few blocks of there. And he was basically like, can somebody just give me a call? I mean, he's doing a job in broad daylight and businesses. And he's like, can somebody just give me a call every hour or two to make sure that I'm not dead or mugged or kidnapped or something? Like, it's a rough area. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, still, it's cool to see that location and a hundred percent, I'm going to find out if they rent out that gym and I'm going to rent it out. So I could say I have played basketball, Woody Harrelson played, um, have to do that. And maybe Wesley Snipes can join us. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know anything else that you want to add on this movie. Um, I, I don't know. I want to, I want to buy it. Yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing. I, I watched this movie for the first, I'd say third of the movie. And I'm like, this is a renter. You know, it, it's, and I wasn't expecting anything more than that. I'm like, this is a renter. Again, I'm going to say as a disclaimer, as personally appreciating the depiction uh, of the, the characters with autism and, and you know, obviously the other ones with Down syndrome and everything else, uh, being able to connect with that a little bit more, I appreciate it more. But even still, it's, it's a perfectly enjoyable movie. And am I going to go as far as say this is a, you know, cool running style family film. I mean, there's definitely some vulgar stuff in this movie. Yeah. It is played in an innocent way, but there's some vulgar stuff in this movie. There's a couple of gross out gags, but it is not, there's something about Mary, you know, levels of that. Um, so it's still appropriate enough for, I guess, older kids. Um, but it's, it's, it's fun and it, it, it fits the genre. Well, it is, it is what this genre does and it doesn't do anything more or less, but it features characters maybe you haven't seen before. Yeah. I recommend it. I recommend it. We're both buying it then. Yeah. Um, now, at the time this episode's airing, you've probably already heard all of our Oscar reviews, which also features the Triangle of Sadness with Woody Harrelson that he was robbed of a nomination for. Um, but uh, Triangle of Sadness actually ranked very highly among our others. But uh, uh, we're going to be watching, and uh, I have to say this, he's not in this movie, but props to Brendan Fraser, right? Uh, Sure. You don't listen to our podcast at all this year, so you wouldn't get that. Apparently. Well, I I hear your conversation. Props to Brendan Fraser. I don't hear Ben because obviously you got headphones on, but well, I hear well, we, you. We both say that, so you I, don't listen. Well, to I, 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 hear, I hear I hear you through the whole house. You're very loud. We're crossing our fingers that he will be Academy Award winner. Props to Academy Award winner Brendan Fraser. But by the next time we record, we will probably already know whether that's true or not. But uh, we're this close, and we're this close to finding out if Woody Harrelson's in an Academy Award winning film as well, as he should be. Probably not Champions, but Triangle of Sadness. I've never seen it, so I couldn't tell you. you got to watch Triangle of Sadness. I'm saying right now, if people are listening to this and they love Woody Harrelson, like I love Woody Harrelson, uh, Triangle of Sadness, maybe he's not even the main star of this. I'd I, say I, I saw you sitting there watching the movie, and like I swear like every 10 to 15 minutes, you'd be like, what is this? Well, that's the thing. The movie starts, I would say, 45 <laughs> minutes into the, the movie. the whole movie, you were saying that every 10 to 15 minutes. 45 minutes into Triangle of Sadness, I'm like... You know, I get what this movie is. I'm like, I, I I, don't mind this. There's something kind of strangely interesting about it, but I'm like, but where is it going? And then all of a sudden, 
something happens and it's like, wow, this is the craziest thing I've seen all year. And it just keeps getting crazier from there. So that, that's the, the Woody Harrelson recommend of the week is Triangle of Sadness and the Champions would be a second place. Um, other movies, I'm hoping I can do a review of Creed 3, which I saw a week ago, but I've spent the last week sick and under the weather, which I probably still sound nasally, um, as does Jamie. But uh, I, you didn't go see Creed 3 with me because you were boycotting since Sylvester Stallone was not part of it. Yeah. Um, I love Sylvester Stallone, but I was going to see it regardless, and I'm interested to talk to myself about it. Uh, also, <laughs> we might even have a review of Adam Driver versus the Dinosaurs, 65, coming up in the next week. But Shazam is the big one next week. You're going to see Shazam with me. Ben and I are probably going to record the review on that, but uh, I'm sure you'll have some thoughts on Ooh, it. New John Wick is coming soon. And then John Wick, we know you're going to interject yourself into the, that one. I mean, that I, I don't really think Ben dirty. will see, Ben won't be seeing it. That sounds we, dirty. We, I'm going to interject we, myself. We will go back if if people really want to know how much J- Jamie wants to talk about anything Keanu Reeves, but especially John Wick. Uh, we covered the first two John Wick movies before John Wick three came out, and I believe it was John Wick one. We recorded the recap on the night before you gave birth to the twins and you legitimately fell down in the middle of that episode and couldn't get up, but you were that determined. You want to talk about John wick that you were no, 12 it, hours it, away from it, giving birth. It wasn't that I fell. I was having contractions. And so I, I kind of, I went down a little bit on my own and you're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's just contractions. And you're like, like, do we need to stop? I'm yeah. like, no, just keep going. It's, it's, it's not, nothing's happening. It's, well, you- anybody who's had a baby knows that, you know, when it's just, they're just those Braxton Hicks contractions, right? Oh, I know. I get them all the time. But even even after the twins were born, though, and there was like, you know, the, the breastfeeding and bottle feeding forever with them. And so waking up so many times, as you can imagine, obviously, with two newborns. Uh, I would go to sleep watching John Wick like every night. Well, before you had the twins, I mean, we couldn't sleep in the same bed because you were moving constantly. Oh, well, c- could you imagine it with how big my stomach was with two babies? Yeah, in there? and I, I mean, I was on the couch for probably a month to six weeks before the twins were born. And every single night I'd go up to go to the bathroom and I'd look in there and you were watching John Wick. Yeah. Before bed every single night. And then John Wick chapter two, we recap that couple of days maybe a day or two after the twins were home you we were holding the twins in our arms well that's how dedicated we both are to john wick so there'll be a review i wish we would have had time to actually do a recap of three um maybe we'll squeeze it in there i don't know if we don't have anything else would you would you be up for doing that we're gonna be watching those movies anyway we'd be up for we've recap one and two recap john wick three with me before we see john wick chapter four uh well, we'll see how I feel, probably, but it's yeah. it's Keanu, so probably. I, I he, he was my first... Oh, we hear this. Even when we're not talking about Keanu Reeves, we hear this. He was my first big celebrity <laughs> crush when I was, like, like pre-preteen, and he's I, I loved him like that like I was obsessed with him way before he was popular every every girl my age as far as not not like singers like you know Backstreet Boys or whatever but like movie celebrities when I was a teen, teenager and preteen every girl was into Leonardo DiCaprio I always thought he was ugly I thought it then I thought it now it was Leonardo for them and oh Keanu for me yeah now I I, I was not in love with Keanu Reeves um but I will say I was obsessed with Keanu Reeves because of Bill and Ted and Speed. Uh, but you are probably the one person I've met who's a bigger Keanu Reeves fan than I am. Although I've seen more Keanu movies than you have. Um, but I yes. never saw Speed until I That is you. just wrong. How do you not see Speed? And Keanu was the first big celebrity to come to Winnipeg. I mean, that was remember that would make news when we were when we were in school. 
you'd you'd have your parents watching the news in the evening and it would be like and in today's keanu watch somebody spotted him at the subway <laughs> he, he's in like point douglas he's like not only really hot but he's like such a nice human being and like major husband material yeah, i know that woody harrelson's not like hot like keanu reeves but is he also like the nicest guy ever uh yeah, I don't think quite as nice as Keanu probably, but he's very I, nice. I want to fit this in here. Woody Harrelson, um, I read this story recently and I didn't even realize this about him, but you can definitely, I'm going to watch every Woody Harrelson movie now looking for this. Uh, when he started on Cheers, he was the new guy and they wanted to kind of haze him and they just decided to say, all right, you're going to have to play us in chess. You're going to have to play us in basketball. You're going to have to do this with us. And every cast member, no matter what they challenged Woody Harrelson to, he would beat them. And Woody Harrelson apparently is one of these guys who can literally do it all. And in this movie, like obviously we watch White Man Can Jump and you could see he's actually making hook shots from across the court and sinking it, you know, uh, nothing but net. Uh, but Woody Harrelson in this movie has like a backflip that he does. Standing backflip, no trampoline, no nothing. Yeah, from the pool. Yeah. And this is a guy in his 50s now. And then the end of the movie, there won't spoil too much, but there's... The, the end credits are somebody sitting there singing on a piano and I'm like, is that Randy Newman? And you're like, I think that's Woody Harrelson. I'm like, no, he's not. And Woody I told Harrelson you, I'm is, like, uh, no, that's Woody Harrelson. He's full on playing like, fancy piano and singing. I'm like, this man can do it all. <laughs> what can he not do? It's like, do you have a heart on now? <laughs> Maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and just on the topic of basketball, we saw a trailer for another movie, which how excited... Are you now, for, are you as excited as I am for this movie coming out, the Air Jordan movie? No. I can't remember what it's called. No. Okay. We watched this trailer and I'm looking at like, oh, Jason Bateman, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis, Viola Davis every yeah. single person that came up in this movie. I'm like, and then it's about the making of the Air Jordan. That movie looked I'm, great too. I'm we'll sure, I'm sure it's going to be a great movie, but you're the one who's like super obsessed with basketball. Yeah. Anything well, basketball. Well, and you add in there Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Jason Bateman, and Viola Davis. Uh, I'm and not a huge Matt Damon fan. Who's the other fan. one in that? There was somebody else. I mean, I, there was so uh, many. Ben Affleck's in there. Well, I said that oh, did you? multiple times. He, 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 looks, he looks very different in that movie, he, too. He lost weight for that movie and dyed his hair red. Um, Air is the movie. So this one comes out uh, the beginning of April. Uh, and we have Ben Affleck directed the movie. Uh, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis, Chris Tucker was the other one. I'm like, oh, rare. Could Jay Moore is going to be in this movie. Marlon Wayans. This this one's we got to see this one. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it, but and, I'm just I'm not as excited as you. You know what I'm excited for? John I'm Wick Chapter Four. Because well, you know what? All long ago, Jamie's first crush. That too, but but next month though, in my birthday month, uh, I'm excited for that Nosferatu. Oh, Nicholas Cage, yeah, yeah, as Dracula, and then also the new Evil Dead movie. Yeah, boop, that one looks boop. stupid. Looks just, so good. On the uh, last thing on the topic of champions, I can't believe we went through this whole thing and we didn't give props to the Scene Sealers movie Marlin. He's amazing. The the, the one character He's in this movie, Marlin, give him a spinoff. This guy. Uh, you know, his conversation with the bus driver is probably the hardest I've laughed at any movie. Oh, he's so funny. In like years. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so uh, we he, will have he, lots He just of... reminds me of so many people, you know? He's just so funny. Yeah. Um, we will have lots of reviews coming up. And then next month will be for our full recap month. We will be uh, doing Australian Canada Month. Um, we're going to be talking about things that don't start when you have to But uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Colin, and we are in the longitudinal capital of Canada. My name is Jamie, and we're going back to Winnipeg.
Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.